This, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Hi listeners, this is Brent Sutton, one of the authors of the Practice of Learning Teams. Uh, welcome today. Today we're going to be exploring the five principles of learning team. And uh, with me today is Glynis McCarthy and Brent Robinson. Hi listeners, this is Brent Sutton from the Practice of Learning Teams. Uh, we're here today to explore uh, principle two of learning teams that groups outperform individuals in problem identification and problem solving. And I'm being joined today by my fellow colleagues, Glynis McCarthy and Brent Robinson. Hi, Brent. Hi, Brent. Great. Thanks, guys, for joining us. It's a really interesting conversation to have about why people can perform better as a group than they can perform as individuals. And when we work as a team, there are both good sides and bad sides to working as a team. What we do know is that working as a team absolutely increases collaboration and allows for brainstorming, particularly for a learning team. And as a result, more issues are identified and wider assumptions are considered. There's been quite a bit of conversation about learning teams about what is the ideal number for a learning team. When we're writing the book, we actually took we did a little bit of research around that. And that research basically found that three or more people are always better than one or two for solving problems. We also found that once you start to get more than about eight or nine people in a group, then you could move into a slightly different area where a person may want to try and take over the agenda for you. But what's important about that principle about groups outperforming individuals is respecting the fact that everyone is unique and that each of us bring our own view. And that view is based on our different knowledge and understanding. And that's the language that we've coined as being called functional diversity. And in learning teams, functional diversity is really important because we are dealing with situations that are complex by their nature, where situations are simple, functional diversity could actually detract from the process, but where things are quite complex, that functional diversity is really, really helpful. And also by forming a group, it encourages both listening and communication skills between others. And these are skills that can be learnt through the process, rather than being taught to someone as a course. And the last component, and that what I found in particular, is that working as a team encourages the adoption of good common cultural practice. Or as we say down this stick of the woods, the way things we do around here. I'll now ask my colleagues to join in and give their view about their thoughts about groups outperforming individuals. Yeah, thanks, Brent. Um, it, it's just one of those things that we keep on seeing that we get a much better outcome 
when we've got, you know, two or three people, or, sorry, three or four people on one of our um, problem teams and looking at it saying, you know, this is, this is you know, clearly defining the issue, but when you get those three or four people in that group, the, the ideas and they each bring a different perspective to it. And it's, that's what I found that really powerful. And, you know, with our, with our um, construction installation teams, it's been really powerful. Uh, and, you know, we're really are trying to improve that practice as we move, move forward. But it really it's just that nice group of people coming together and looking at a particular issue and then getting that collective wisdom um, and putting it together and, and feeding off each other. You know, it's, it's a really powerful, powerful outcome. It's the power of the crowd, isn't it? You know, that's what we've been saying. Um, I agree with you, Brent. I think that it provides workers particularly with an opportunity to tell their story, so to tell their experience um, with regards to work has done. Um, I think it gives people an opportunity to then hear those stories through different lenses. And by doing that, what I think it does is it gives people an opportunity to, to, to dive deeper um, to get a much more detailed understanding of often quite complex relationships that one person might know a certain component of it, but they don't know it in its entirety. So having a group of people from different parts of the organisation that have some inherent knowledge of what you're, what you're discussing in the learning team really brings a value. And that what you're able to do is that you get the, the the amount of the sum. So it's the sum of all of the people that are contributing as opposed to relying on the individual. Thanks, Glynis. And just this week, I was um, doing some uh, uh, training with a, with a group of engineers around machinery safety. And, um, you know, I, I love a good engineer, but the engineers always believe they know better. So I gave them this task, and, and what the task was about was about the fact that you know, risk assessments by their nature um, really rely on an individual's view, and it's always the strongest voice that came through. And I gave each of them the same scenario, and I asked them to assess it through their own eyes. And sure enough, no surprise, that I got a whole lot of variability of decision-making coming from that risk assessment process because risk assessments are subjective because of those individual views. We then ran a little quick little mini-learning team, about a little sort of three, four-minute type uh, mini-learning team, where we explored the the, the, the what and the, and the how and the why around that same thing. And what the group were really surprised about is that when we then went into explore, particularly around the impact component of that, there was this group consistency. And what the group had seen, they'd not only seen the risk through their own eyes, they had seen that risk through the eyes of other. And by doing that, it allowed them to see a different view, gain a greater appreciation to what it was, and that improved consistency. Time and time again, we see the fact that groups always outperform individuals. And in the book, The Practice of Learning Teams, we actually give you an example of an exercise that you can undertake with a group of people, particularly leadership, if you're trying to convince leadership, 
where they can participate and they can see where not even the person with the highest amount of knowledge can compete with the group knowledge. Thank you for listening today and we'll see you in the next instalment. Thank you listeners for being part of this podcast. We'd love to hear your learnings from today or other topics you would like us to support you on. Go to www.podcastlearnings.com and be part of the community practice of learning teams at www.learningteamscommunity.com The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.